Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) Hey there. Welcome to this live Wandering Aimfully podcast recording. why it's live it for live? us right now yeah, as we're, we're recording. We are alive. Exactly what I'm saying. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we're coming at you alive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, everybody, come to our alive podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, you guys go to like a venue and like you like ran out and like we could buy tickets. No, no. we record from a place and we're still we're alive. alive. You're alive listening, it. so you you kind of have alive. to be alive. It's a real live teaching. You kind of have to be alive. In this moment right now with us. Like, you can't be dead listening to this. We are all alive. That we know of. We are all alive right now. Yeah. That's awesome. That we know of, you know? There could be a whole ethereum of people. Right. A dimension. Yeah. A fifth dimension. Listening to pod, and they're just like. How many real dimensions are there? I think seven. I lose track of which ones are fake and which ones real. Like, seven. So, definitely three. How many strings are on a guitar? But what's the fourth dimension? Don't people say that's time? They've always said, like, strings on a guitar, dimensions in the universe. You know, haven't they said that? Anyway, welcome to our podcast, What Is It All For?, where we talk about the most ridiculous things ever to kick things off. And we sprinkle in business advice okay, in so, there as well. Okay, uh, so we got some Pramvel to discuss. Okay. I'm going to jump right to the end of the Pramvel, and then we can go back in time. The fourth dimension time. We are currently yes. recording this episode alive. From a hotel in Dublin. Yeah. The hotel is called Zanzibar Lock. Not sponsored. Feel free to look it up. It is a cool, funky, fun. Kind of boutique hotel. This is like, if you were to say, oh, Jason and Caroline Zook, Make go a to hotel a hotel. Make a hotel for them. This is it? Yeah. This would be the one. Absolutely. It's just such a vibe. Props to you for finding it. It's fantastic. I really, really love it. We stayed at the duplex uh, the last time. They're kind of like apartments. And there are definitely like hotel room styles, but they also have bigger rooms, just like apartments. Yeah. So the last room we had was like a full two-story, really cool. You could see the river. This one, not as big Smaller. by choice, but we wanted to just see a different room anyway. Yeah. And the hotel has just worked out so perfectly. All the little modern details. They have a nice yeah. restaurant we ate at last night. It had oh. great cocktails. Oh, it was great. The food was not that amazing, but the company, I wrote this, we got a little family journal. Great. The company was the best part. The drinks were delicious. The company. We had a great dinner last night, I think. We did. Even though we ordered a bruschetta board, which you would think is like, this is fantastic. Who doesn't want multiple types of bruschetta? But it just was meh. It just was meh. But the most important thing is the vibe. Well, the vibe was the fantastic. The vibe was off the charts. The vibe was on point. We had so many giggles. Yeah. And we were just living it up. Yeah, it was great. Uh, what I wanted to really talk about, though, the most important thing I wanted to talk about because of the cinnamon rollers, where we had breakfast. Uh, we were in Dublin 35 days ago, which does not feel Whoa. like it was 35 days ago. I know. Right. So we flew into Dublin from Lisbon, if you yes. are not caught up on our travels. We stayed here the first time around, yep. 35 days ago. Stayed like... Basically the same amount of time, like a weekend, and then we rented a car and drove to Kinsale and then to Ballybunion, and now we're back because we are utilizing the airport to fly out of Dublin. Yes. Um, While we were here 35 days ago, we walked to a coffee shop. That was 35 days ago. That was 35 days ago. We walked to a coffee shop just, I'm going to say north, I don't know if it is, it feels north (laughs) from our hotel, (laughs) and we, uh, the coffee shop is called H&T Coffee. I found it. It's like the perfect coffee shop for me. It's in the first floor of a hair Hair salon. salon. So the hair salon was there for a while, and then they were like, we like we want a coffee shop. Like they always dreamed of having a coffee shop in their hair salon. So they did it. It had like just opened, you know, right when when we were here last time, or like a month before. Fantastic coffee, wonderful experience. The best part though was the barista gave us all these recommendations for things in Dublin, outside of Dublin, you know, what have you. One of them was a restaurant called Bread Forty One. Mm-hmm. Now Bread Forty One, it's like some Forty One, the band. It it is but, like that. But- but it's bread and it's a restaurant and it's not a band. And, and also there's it's, no punk influence whatsoever. So it's sort of like that. <laughs> it's very much similar. It's like a lot. It's like being alive and live. They're the same. <laughs> They're the same. But same, but not same. Uh, so anyway, this place, it, I think it was just a bakery is how it started in a bread bakery. And they just really wanted to take it back to like old world style breads. Mm-hmm. And then people. Simple ingredients. Yeah. People just processed. really loved the bread and it kind of 
you know, became this cult following. And then they decided to open an eatery. Mm-hmm. And the eatery only serves brunch on, I believe it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And Lucky us. We, uh, booked a table. we booked a table when we were here last time. So 35 days ago, we booked this. And it was like a couple of weeks it was booked out. Yeah. But you can tell, like, we when we walked in, it was probably like a 15-minute walk from our hotel. When we walked in, the place was bumping. Yeah, and several people tried to get in without a reservation, and they got turned away. They were like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but my favorite part was we sat down. We're looking at the menu. There's like seven items on the menu, which is usually a good good sign because you're like, oh, they only do these things really well. Also, my favorite thing was that we could see the chefs. Yeah, you could see them putting in work. And and you From would you table. imagine of like a bakery having a restaurant? It doesn't feel like you're going to have like elevated chefs like tending to the finishing of a dish. Oh, no. Oh, no. They tended and they finished. <laughs> but uh, anyway, my favorite part was we sat down. We're looking at the menu. And I look over my shoulder and there's like this little bread display just smorgasbord really it's but like, it's a, like little... a imagine like a big tray with like a bunch of different types of bread oh my gosh the cinnamon rollers out there you are drooling yeah. you are in a one there's a morning bun there's a cinnamon <laughs> swirl there's a, a something with like a caramel on the inside Wait, i have to also say that once we got there we so we did have a little bit of a kerfuffle before then we just use kerfuffle for a lot of things but anyway before then because i thought there would be gluten-free options right and so we found out there wasn't and so i was like Whatever. There's nothing on the menu gluten-free. Exactly. Yeah. And so, anyway. When and you're we, not when allergic. We sat down, you have an intolerance. Exactly. Yeah. When we sat down, Jason was like, I don't know. I just feel like I really have been looking forward to this, but I feel bad. This is before we went to the restaurant. Yes. Yeah. But, like, I I feel bad because you don't have And I was like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And then we sat down, and you were still kind of, I could tell, not. This was your, like, happy place, but yeah. you weren't fully, like, immersed in it yet. And I was like, listen to me. This is your this is your birthday, and you're like, this birthday. is my bread day. Yeah, and we were like, imagine this is like I'm taking you to a theme park yeah. just for you because, but it's just bread. It's just bread, and, <laughs> and yeah. So this place was made for you, but it worked out because they had a potatoes, eggs, and greens Ugh. that was like a like you said it was kind of like au gratin, like layered potatoes. Yeah, it was like this potato cake. You all know I love my potatoes. Yeah. It was like a potato cake in that they were, it was much like an au gratin style where it's like very thinly sliced potatoes in almost like a oven bake tray. Yeah. And then they cut you a little square, but yeah. but no cheese. It wasn't like overly cheesy. Yeah. And so I had like a little potato cake with these like, I do not like greens, you guys. Yeah. This was, you all, this was like sauteed kale and it was delicious. Well, it went, it just, everything paired really well. It was like sauteed kale with a chimichurri sauce yeah. with scrambled eggs and toasted almonds. Yeah. And boy, is that something I would never Have... in my wildest imagination come up with. And it yeah. was just like one of the most delicious things I've ever had. All right, let's get your boring meal out of the way. I had a croissant Benedict, which wow. was just, I mean, croissants are very hard hard to like cut up so you don't think that you're gonna you know it's gonna be a good experience it was tough to cut up mm. it was amazing it was delicious but the real winner as everyone's expecting was the cinnamon swirl mm-hmm. it's a cinnamon roll essentially it had a uh orange zested cream cheese the orange on top. really my only preference i'm not docking at any points whatsoever i would have loved if it was warmed yes like i could see if that little cinnamon swirl was warmed Oof. Top, but we weren't about top, to be those people to like ask him to do it. One of the a, top top. Yeah. And I will tell you, for all the cinnamon rollers out there, it was not a wet cinnamon roll. No, it was more on the dry side. But more boy, on the, the flavors. Dry side, but it was. You can just tell that. And I'll tell you even what. Even at room temp, it I'll was. I'll tell you fantastic. what makes a difference when it's on the dry side yeah. is delicious bread because yeah. if, because then you can really taste it. You got the like a little tang from like the Cin- sour. It's definitely a sourdough starter. In exactly there, for sure. So really good. All right, so that's what we, we had. To, we wanted to share about the kind of like back end of this, but let's back up and let's go back to Bally Bunny and finish right, off our trip because where we last left off, the peeps. Is your claw okay? Yeah, do you want to tell them what's going on? Um, we're we're on a very small couch because you can imagine it's a hotel room. Normally, we sit on a bigger couch and we can face each other. And right. When we pair our legs together like two peas in a pod. Yeah. But this, this couch, my side of the couch. This doesn't, is like half a couch. It's a half a couch. Yeah. And it doesn't really have a, a an arm on my side. Right. So I can't be facing my bean. <laughs> and so instead, I have to face out. But yeah. then Jason was really concerned about the microphone because I was going to be facing him. Yeah. So in order to have the microphone <laughs> to the side, I have to kind of form claw, this claw. Like a claw. Like, a, like I'm wrapping around my Your arm. Your wrist is going to be so sore it later really today. It is, but it's, it's <laughs> the most comfortable. Um, but you know, sometimes I'd have my wrist this issues. Is true. 
So it's natural yeah. for me to I'd do like that. I'd like everyone to imagine a sloth grabbing onto a tree branch. That is how Caroline is holding onto the microphone. It's just what it is. All right. We're back in Bally Bunyan. Yes. So, uh, we... What I was saying is where we last left off was yeah. our first week in Bally Bunyan. Yes. So we just shared about the beach. Meeting and Siobhan, the, and your cardigan. Meeting Siobhan, who was amazing, and the place. But... A lot of our like excitement happened in the the second week. So, this is true. So let's tell let's tell them the first thing we did was we journeyed to another place. We left Bally Bunyan. We took the a day first, trip. The first thing I want to tell you about Bally Bunyan in this catch up is that we left Bally Bunyan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, it's very small, so there's not a lot to do. And what we quickly realized, as you can imagine, the Wi-Fi at a beach house is never going to be fantastic it's never going to be amazing and what you need to know about our unboring coaching program by the way I'm still open for enrollment if you're oh. listening to this before april 5th yeah unlimited. yeah for sure nice plug <laughs> yeah you can go to wanderingafilly.com slash join nice. if you want to check it out but the thing you should know is that especially both of us but especially jason cares yeah. very much about the quality of the connection and we know that people really go to great lengths to show up live alive some people stay up until like 2 a.m or yes. 4 a.m and I so make sure we're, it's good. we're not gonna have a crappy connection so we did do a test and realized the Wi-Fi wasn't strong enough, so we found a co-working space in a nearby town called Tralee. Yep. And we decided to do a little 45-minute drive to go there, and I'm so glad we did because it was just a gorgeous day. Yep. They were getting ready for St. Patty's Day, and so they had out all the like Irish flags and like all kinds of fun things going on. And we this little co-working space was this cool kind of like... Uh, I don't know, brick industrial vibe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we had a huge conference room to ourselves. I, I, I booked, so I booked it online. I was emailing with someone, one email. I had one email with someone. And they were like, oh, like this location isn't available. It truly is. You want to go there? I was like, sure. So, and then I asked about the meeting room, didn't hear back, but I saw I could book online. So I just booked it. And then I sent another email because I got a confirmation. I paid for it. But I didn't hear back from anybody. And this is just like the Irish trust thing. We talked about this in the Kinsale story with the Airbnb and how eventually we just trusted that we would be able to stay there. Yes. And we did. So when we went to Trilly, I mean, I just didn't know like what time could we get there. Like I booked the time for our coaching session, but I didn't know if we could get there early and see it. So we just showed up. There was a little call button. We called up. called somebody. And he's like, yeah, I can let you in. Come on in and check it out. And we're like, okay, we're like three hours early just because we wanted to see it, check the connection, make sure it would work. I don't know what our back, or I think our backup plan was just to go back to Bally Bunny and just like, <laughs> yeah. we would just do our best there because it was all we had. But anyway, we go upstairs. There's no one there. We just ride the elevator up. We go into the meeting room, set up. Wi-Fi connection is fantastic. So like, okay, this will work. So we just Have leave. Have a gorgeous view of like the mountains. Yeah. It was fantastic. So we ha- found a lunch spot that we went to, this little place called yes. Roast House. Roast House, which so good. A little coffee roaster as well. So yeah, I think of they course roast- Jason found a yeah. nice, like upscale lunch restaurant with a coffee roastery in-house. They also had a little delicatessen with some chocolate that we love. The Tony's chocolate Ugh, was on display yes. in there, which is I, I think an American brand. Okay, of I think they pack. also had a sign out front that was like coffee roaster, wine, like a, there was like a third bread. It was like delicatessen and like, yeah, like fresh and we were breads. Like, wow. Like this place really, is made for me. Yeah. Yeah. The sign was on all cylinders. But yeah, we had a nice little lunch and then we just kind of like walked around a little bit of Trilly and then went back to the co-working space and did our coaching session. So um, January or February's was done in a co-working, sp- ses- co-working space in Lisbon. That was a lot of S's coming up. My brain got stuck. And then uh, March's coaching session was done in Trilly at a co-working space. So for April's, we'll, we will see. We will uh, we see. We know where we're staying and where we're going to be. We're actually going to be in a hotel in a country, which you'll find out about later. Not in this episode. <laughs> Sorry, you won't find out in this episode. So we'll have to see how but fast s- the Wi-Fi is. Yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. And we may have to find a co-working space in that country, hmm. which is just like a fun thing. Huh. So anyway, we we did the Trilly thing. Uh, we're going to share one more story in Trilly, which was dinner. And we're actually not going to talk about the food because that wasn't the most noteworthy thing. Right. The most noteworthy thing was we come into the restaurant. Let's take him through it. Yeah. We come into the restaurant. There's no one there. We sit down. We get handed 17 menus. There were so many menus at this restaurant. There was like a tapas menu. There was a wine menu. There was this. We're, We're ordering. And then like... I noticed the music, and Caroline looks at me, and she knows that there are. Jason many- has a very specific eras of music that click something in his brain that is unsettling. He Listen, does not like. Don't it. play anything before 1999 for me. It's just, just nothing. It really nothing like, in the 20s, things, nothing in the 30s, nothing in the 40s. And nothing. so all of a sudden, we I, I clue in, and I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> and I can hear 
Love Shack, baby. Well, be careful, babe. I don't want to get demonetized. <laughs> and I'm so like, good. oh no, it's yeah. Love Shack playing. Jason hates this. I have good memories of Love Shack. I, I may have even performed Love Shack with my stepdad in a karaoke bar in that's, that's <laughs> in gross. a small beach town in Florida. That's gross. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, looking back, that's not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just meant gross in the fact um, that you sang that song. I didn't. But mean I, of, I knew yeah. all the words, so that's yeah. what we went with. But anyway. Um, you were like immediately okay. It's nails and on so a chalkboard thought, and so for I me. Thought, okay, well, yeah. let's just get through. And I can like I can make it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's fine. So anyway, we get through Love Shack. Yeah. Another song comes on, and like it's not my favorite, but like we're now realizing there's a theme. It's sort of this like disco era yeah. thing happening. Yeah. Uh, so we listen to that song. We order some food. We get some bread. A third song comes on. And then a fourth song. And then a fourth song comes on. We have like our drinks and I got a Guinness and you got a wine. And we're, you know, we're just like having dinner. And then. And then all of a sudden, Love Shack comes Love back. Love Shack, baby. And we're uh, like, uh-oh. 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 How'd uh-oh. Love Shack get in there twice? Huh. So then we're eating food. Same song after Love Shack, then the same song after that, same song after that. Guess what comes on a third time? Love Shack, <laughs> baby. Y'all, yeah. their dinner playlist at this restaurant was four songs, four songs, four songs. long. Yeah. I, I want to say that How? As, How? as much as I hated hearing Love Shack four times because we made it through a fourth round, it was so funny. It was so funny. That it, 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 I was able to get through it. I thought we were on a hidden camera show, it, honestly. It was something that I have never experienced before in a restaurant. The way that our yeah. eyes locked every time it would circle oh back, we'd be like, it can't. There has to be some, it's broken, they're yeah. going to figure it out. And then you just hear, and then you just and get it like, again. no. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that, that was, was fun. That was quite an experience. It doesn't even matter what food we ate, that was the experience. Uh, so anyway, that was our, our big outing, and we, for the rest of the time, we stayed in Bally Bunyan. And we just and took it slow. the day, wasn't it the day after that, was the, the big hullabahoo in town? Yes. Yeah, it was the day was after the that. the day after that. So the day after our trip to Tralee was St. Patty's Day. That's right, Patty's with two Ds. Something you should know is that we did not book to be in Ireland on St. Patty's Day on purpose. We booked to be in Completely Ireland accidental. in November of 2021. And it just happened to be that we picked that time frame. Yes. So uh, we we got a lovely little WhatsApp message from Siobhan, and she uh, sent a screenshot of the Bally Bunyan Tourism Board that said, everyone be in town at 2.30 for the parade, downtown. Downtown. Downtown is one street. It's one street. There are no street lights. Well, and yeah, which was easy for us to know where to show up. That was very nice. We just said, we'll walk towards yeah. downtown. And for you Waymers, you've already heard this story because we talked about this uh, in our in our Wayme weekly videos that we do inside of Wayme Slack. But for those of you who don't and haven't heard it, um, we weren't sure if there were going to be five people. There were no going to be 20 people. There were going to be 200. The town is small. We hadn't seen more than 50 people total oh, yeah. in, in, in totality. Exactly. Like, there just weren't that many people. So we showed up. We got there promptly at 2.30. I wanted to be on time. We were not going to get chastised by the tourism board. Absolutely not. And there were probably about 40 people in the downtown that you could right. see. Um, there was some music playing from a bar. There were people mingling about. And Oh, your claw hand's <laughs> a little sore, huh? Yeah. Interesting. After 20 minutes, the claw. The claw is a little yeah, sore. Yeah. What are you doing with that arm? I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> looks casual. Uh, so, you know, then we're looking around and we're just kind of like, when, you know, when does this actually start? Like, we don't know. There's a couple more people, about 100 people. And then all of a sudden, like, you see a police car with its lights on, like, at the very beginning of where the parade's going to start. And then you just kind of zoom out the lens and, and you go, oh, there's hundreds of people here now. Like, all of a sudden, everyone just came out of the woodwork. The parade... I have to say the most memorable thing about the parade for me, uh-huh. as much as Love Shack really threw me for a loop, there was no music. So here's the question. No, no music. 100%. Okay. I would I was, prefer you know no music would, You know where my brain's going. Love Shack. Would you have preferred? Because no, no. this was a dead silent parade. I mean, <laughs> silent is the wrong word. It was, there were sirens that yep. were, were musical. Tractor There were small engines. children playing a tambourine occasionally. Yeah. But no music blaring out of a... A stereo of yeah. any kind. I, if I was to send a suggestion to the Bally Bunyan Tourism Board, it would be just to like have one Maybe guy sounds. just walk just with an up. iPhone, <laughs> just playing some songs. That we did have, we did have one musical minute moment. of music. That's true. Which was as the parade started, there was a, a gaggle of older women, all wearing black with red hats and sashes, mm-hmm. that said Bally Bunyan Marching Band. On the back of the sash, it said BMB. Yes. So these were the BMBers. The BMBers. They, they marched. 
No visible instruments whatsoever. And so we were like, oh, the marching band's out without instruments, but they're just marching. Okay, like we're just honoring the band. Yeah. Sure, 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 yeah. sure, sure. We and thought maybe this this is like has to do with the no music thing. Yeah. Like maybe there's some type of ordinance that we are not aware of. I'd also like to remind everybody here that it's there are no children in the marching band. They, no. These are older women. You who, have to be of a certain experience level to be in this band. You do. And they have no visible instruments. Correct. They're so just marching. They march the couple of blocks through the town. Mm -hmm. Again, there's no music. Mm -hmm. It's just the sound of them marching. Mm -hmm. It's eerily quiet. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, out of nowhere. They stop in front of us. They stop in, like right in front of us. And we're like, oh. Like, oh. oh. And shing, shing, like a sword being unsheathed, <laughs> they all pull out recorders and i go no no you should have seen my face oh i'm my looking gosh. at jason my eyes are as you big actually, as saucers you actually will be able to see your face in the valley bunion video that we put up on youtube my eyes are as big as saucers i'm like no no they're gonna play recorders yeah and before you know it it is and i'm gonna be honest with you here was not entirely in sync <laughs> okay the bmb could have used one or two more practices yeah, yeah. we're not entirely in sync which made it delightful if anybody has heard of flute fails it was the flute fail version yeah. of some type of historical irish folk song yeah and boy did it just delight the the just senses every ounce, all the senses every ounce of me was so delighted. the amazing thing is that they finish their song after one minute yes they march on uh the parade then continues really it starts there is not another ounce of music except for a child playing a tambourine Correct. in the back of a tractor at one point <laughs> For the next 20 minutes of the parade. And that's it. And my favorite part of the whole thing, like we're we're laughing about it because it is this like it was so enjoyable. There's this, there's this like parks and rec small town yes. like comedy to it. Yeah. But when I tell you it was like the most wholesome thing that I have seen in so long. And to feel like we're just among this like small town, all these families coming out to be so excited that their child got chosen to be the one in the tractor. Yeah. And just the cheering. Oh, and I also love that like excitement. Richard Richard O'Malley's landscaping truck oh, rolled by. Yes, it did. Just, it's just like a it's just like a landscape company's truck. truck. Yeah, <laughs> just they're, like they're in just the like, parade. They were like, hey, they probably paid the tourism board oh to be in the gosh. parade for advertisement. But it was so just, yeah, the wholesome is the world that comes to mind. It was so delightful. I felt very much a part of the community. Yeah. I would have like, I can't even tell you if I would have rather have been like in a pub, like drinking beer on St. Patty's Day versus this very wholesome family. Oh, version I can tell of you Saint what Patty's I would have wanted. I know. Yeah. This, 100%. this 100%. I'll choose BNB every time. Every single time because it is a memory that you will not forget. Exactly. So that was our big excitement for the week. And, and you can imagine in Bally Bunyan, that's like the biggest thing that happens or has happened in months. Yeah. So uh, the, the kind of last thing that we wanted to share, because really there was just not a lot going on. We enjoyed the beach. We enjoyed... You know, just being in uh, a place and just kind of like resting for two weeks because the next six weeks of our travel schedule. And I mean, we were working quite a bit because we yeah. were working up to the enrollment period for Wayman Limited. Wayman Limited, which is going on right now oh, it is? up until April 5th. It's open and someone wants to join and get onboarding coaching every month. They could go to wanderinggamefit.com slash join. Interesting. Um, but the kind of like final thing that we did that we thought was worth sharing is literally. 38 steps from the front door of our Airbnb was a cliff walk. Mm -hmm. And it's just amazing looking out this Airbnb. When you watch the YouTube video, it'll go up here in probably like a week or two um, from our time in Valley Bunyan. Right out of the Airbnb, you can see sides of this cliff. And to be able to just walk along this cliff, right, going out of the front door, it's magical. It's magical. It's one of those awe-inspiring nature moments that yeah. I crave like I just I love being able to look out over an ocean see rock formations I've never seen before it makes you feel both small and big at the same time does that yeah. make sense yeah and like connected to it like yeah. you feel like you're a part of it uh, I will say that it was really fun to go out there kind of at different times with different things going on like we had really nice sunsets and then we had like an overcast walk and then the tides would change yeah sometimes the water was like Choppy. gray sometimes it was sometimes it was like green and like almost crystal yeah. clear uh so yeah it was just a really lovely walk and we said multiple times when we were on it like could you imagine doing this walk every day of your life like would it ever get old these views and I'm sure you get used to everything but it was just magical to be able to go on that walk. I know I said that already, but it just, that's what it felt like. It felt so unique and so interesting. Yeah. 
So yeah, that really wraps up our time in Bally Bunyan. We we hopped in the car. We navigated another drive. You did a great job. Thank you. You did a great job driving. Yeah, we were allowed to not play Enya on this drive. Yeah, which we got I, to listen to other music. Kind of. Um, could have used <laughs> Jason, it maybe. Jason was afraid to tell me that he couldn't hear the music, that the volume was too low. So I've had to find that out later. I was like, yeah. I was like, I really enjoyed listening to music that wasn't Enya. And he was like, well, I couldn't really hear it. And I was like, why didn't you ask me to turn up the volume? And he was like, I thought it would really frazzle you. I didn't want to take any chances. By the way, does anybody remember as a kid, like your parents would put the balance of the stereo, like all the way to the back? Like, I think this is what happens. I think that like balance of the stereo oh, was to your I side of the car. This. Yeah. So like your parents didn't have to listen to like whatever you wanted to listen right. to. They just like turned the balance all the way to the back. I wonder if that definitely dates how old, Toyota how old we are. Uh, so yeah, we, we drove back from Bally Bunyan in our rental car to Dublin. We made a quick stop in Limerick for some lunch. We didn't really see much there, so we don't have much to report on. Limerick's a big city. It is a big city. But uh, yeah, we ended up here in Dublin. We're here for a little bit of time. And our next country is this Sunday that we're leaving. So next episode after this one, we will share our travel journeys. Fingers crossed. They are nice and smooth. Mm-hmm. And we will be in a new country that we'll share with you all about Can't next time. Wait. Right. I have to say, just as a wrap up to our Pramvel. Yeah, yeah. So far, our three destinations firing on all cylinders. Yeah. And we've had very, like, I think Lisbon was like big city life. Oh, yeah. And then Kinsale was like smaller town life. And the Valley Bunyan was like really small town life. Yep. And I've just enjoyed all of them for different reasons. Yeah, for sure. I, I think there is something enjoyable about every stop so far, whether it would be somewhere we would want to return to or not. It's just a great memory. So glad we went there and got to experience it. And hopefully you all are enjoying hearing us share the stories and then make put the YouTube videos together and just kind of bring you along with us, especially also, in this weird time. I know right we now. recorded a full episode that was like what we've learned from two months of travel, but one moment this morning when we were at the bread restaurant and it was like so hectic and very loud. And I was like, I had this moment where I was like, Oh my gosh, I am really changing in my ability to handle like all the stimuli, all the stimuli. Yeah. Like I'm definitely getting better at that. It doesn't shake me as much. I'm, I'm able to not need quite as much rest to recover from things. And I just had this moment of gratitude of this is, it's not why necessarily, but like, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone it expands your comfort zone Absolutely. right like and i feel like my life is going to be richer on the other side of this trip because i will have expanded my comfort zone and i will be more uncomfortable in uncom- more comfortable in uncomfortable situations and that's such a gift like i can't yeah. it's such a profound gift for someone who operates in anxiety a lot of the time to experience the relief that comes with recognizing that I'm not as um, off, you know, put off kilter by certain stimuli is like so huge for me. So I was yep. just really grateful. All right. That's, I mean, I'm, it's fantastic. I love that. I'm glad you're sharing that because I think it's also helpful for someone who might be like you listening to this, who, you know, deals with a lot of discomfort and overstimulation can easily get you to not want to do things. Mm-hmm. So that's fantastic. Now let's talk about a couple of different mindset things here that we let's wanted to the share. Meat of the episode uh, or the pea protein if you're vegan yeah whatever whatever type of meat you want it doesn't have to be like actual meat it can be like beyond meat faux meat so we have some mindset tips here i believe we have what do we have four four or five 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 tips here yeah and the idea for this episode came about of thinking back to if, if we were starting an online business right now we we would give you all the tactics and the tips and the actual things that we would do we have plenty of that there's yeah. plenty of articles on that there's plenty but really we started thinking about what are the mindset tips that we would give? Yeah. You know, what are the things that you can do in order to come at starting a business with at least the things that we've seen, the perspectives that we've seen to be uh, positive when you start, start your business. So yeah. we have like five different kind of tips for that. So mindset tip number one, which is one that uh, you folks have heard us talk about so many times in this podcast, and if this is your first episode and this is the first time you're going to hear us talk about it, that's why it's number one, is experimentation. It's so crucial. And the reason I wanted to start off with this one is because I know that most people, when they're starting out, are going to experience some form of self-doubt. Absolutely. And us sitting here and being like, have confidence, like make confidence your mindset that's really easy to say, right? But it's really hard to embody, especially when you're new at something. Like confidence takes time, confidence takes experience. And so I was thinking to myself, well, what is something what is a mindset that is more accessible 
to someone who is really starting for the first time than than confidence and it and it is experimentation so what we want you to think about when if you're starting out is just having this view that every action you take in your business as you get started is like a fact-finding mission. Yeah. Like this, you do not have to have all the right answers right out of the gate. It's all about trying things. And when you try things, what this does is it, it's about reframing failure in your own mind. And by failure is like such a strong word. I just mean like, oh, I tried this marketing tactic and that didn't work. Or, oh, I tried this Etsy product and you know, nobody really bought. So I'm going to pivot and try something else. I think if you can put on that experimentation mindset, instead of focusing on all your doubts, it can really empower you to go, well, of course I'm new, but I'm just, the more experiments I can run, the more confidence I'll get because I'm not so afraid of them not working out. And I think one of the things that's so hard about getting started or pivoting a business or being in a business, you know, for four years, like we are now with Wandering Aimfully, but so many more years with our own individual businesses before that, is just this idea of how much you feel like you are the business. Right. So when something goes wrong, it feels like you are personally having that that thing happen to you. And, and you are, in essence, because this is your business. But I think what experimentation has really done for us over the years, and for me specifically, is... I've tried to really look at like, okay, whatever I'm doing as a business, I'm like a scientist. Mm -hmm. Like I've got my beakers and I've got my solvents and I've got my (laughs) controls and I've got my pipettes. And all those things are like an email course I want to do or a workshop I'm going to host or a website I'm going to build or a product I'm going to do or whatever. And I'm just going to try those things. And if they work out, awesome. That's Let me keep moving forward. If they don't, sure, it's going to suck and it's going to hurt and it's going to not be fun. And I spent time working on those things, but I can't get so down in the emotion of that didn't work out. Now my business is a complete failure. Like you said, it's okay. That didn't work. That experiment didn't work. Let me go get a pipette of something else. Let me go yeah. fill another beaker up with a different idea. I think you're right. There's something about it that feels a little bit more objective. Like yeah. it allows you to create a framework where the focus is on f- running the experiment and finding the answers and figuring out what the market responds to rather than entangling so much of your self identity in the things that you do in your business. And so, yeah, I, so there is something about picturing yourself as like a scientist who's just going into a lab, trying out a couple of things. And if it doesn't work, that's one more thing you know now not to do, you know? And so until you find the right things to do. Or you revisit that thing like... Um, like launching is a perfect example. And obviously we're right in the middle of a launch. So we have so much of this on our mind, but it's so easy to, as an online business owner, try to do your first launch or like maybe it's your third or fourth launch and it flops and it doesn't go well. And you basically just say, my entire business will not work because this specific launch didn't work. It's like, no, those specific chemicals and mixtures and sales emails and the sales copy that you wrote and the way you position your offer and how much of an audience you've built and like the pre-marketing that you did or did not do. All the variables. All of those things lead to that specific experiment that you tried not working. Right. And so for us, even at the beginning of Wandering Aimfully, we had such a slow start to building this business and this community and this program that we constantly joke about, but is actually seriously helpful. And <laughs> yeah. we do have plenty of examples of that on the sales page, in the community, etc. But we have only learned over time through experimentation how to get to that place where we are creating the right scientific things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these different tinctures and potions and things that are working out for us. They are working out only because we have messed up along the way, but yep. we've learned from that experience. Exactly. And so, it, yeah, it's all about variables and just going, okay, this experiment did not work out the way that I had hoped. Let me change a variable like like a scientist would. Let yeah. me look at it objectively. And listen, that doesn't mean like there's something wrong with you if you feel the disappointment of a failed launch. We've all been there and that's a very natural feeling to have. But I do think kind of dusting yourself off and having a little bit of resilience with that experimenter's mindset can help you keep going. Do you think you would dust yourself off and try again? Try again. Try again. I think you would. Yeah, Yeah, I think I would. Uh, I like this bullet point that you wrote down here, kind of our last part of experimentation. But experimentation is a mindset that requires no prior experience. Right. And I think this is so powerful because when you're getting started or even if you've been in business for a couple of years and you're just thinking like, wow, 
I still have so much imposter syndrome around this. I feel still have so much self-doubt or I, I'm not getting the results that I want from, you know, the things I'm trying to sell or create or what have you. And if, again, if you can switch to the experimentation mindset, it doesn't take any prior, you know, accolades or time or any, it's just, it's it literally is flipping a switch. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I mean about it being more accessible than say confidence and I think about, for some reason, I have this like image of also like, you know, early inventors and people like that who are, they're just in the lab trying to figure things out. They're just like you, like they haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. They're, that's what I mean by no prior experience. They're an amateur. They're just taking a stab in the dark in a methodical way in order to reach some type of breakthrough. That's what you're doing with online business, you know? And anyone who pretends that you can think your way to a successful business, yeah. that's not how this works. You have to act your way there and you can only do that when you get out there you try something you see if the market responds you see if your audience responds you get results and you find truly ways that don't work in order to finally stumble upon the one way that does yeah and i, I think kind of the last kind of pin in experimentation that i definitely want to chat about just really quickly is we're running an experiment right now we're not using instagram during this enrollment period of wandering Gamefully for the first time in the four years that we've run this business and it's it, uh, admittedly, it's a little bit scary of an experiment to run because it's one of those that like you can't undo it. <laughs> you know, like we can't like, well, let's just extend it for two more weeks and then we'll just start posting on Instagram and, yeah. you know, tell everybody that we're, we're back. You don't go buy our thing. It's more of a we have done a bunch of experiments up to this point. Our past couple of launches have exceeded our expectations and now we felt like we were at a place when we were traveling. We're both feeling very disconnected from social media. We've talked about this now in a couple episodes. We just did not want to be on Instagram while we were in this launch. And the experiment for us was, okay, can we have an enrollment that's of the same size that we've had the past two launches with all other things being similar? Our email list is the same size. Uh, we're posting a couple of YouTube videos during. Our podcast is the almost the exact same listenership. The only difference is going to be the people that we would reach on Instagram during this time. And so what we're going to find out by the end of this, and we are going to share the results of this experiment, is did our launch flop because we weren't on Instagram? And I can tell you ahead of time, no, it did not. Yep. Uh, and we're going to share kind of the full recap of that. But that's an experiment that we felt, and you might feel this way in your experiments, you feel nervous about it. You don't know what's going to happen. And that's just part of online business. And I, I think we have a whole other mindset talking about kind of like stress and, and things that get put on you in this space. But it's just about going, that's okay. I, this is not forever if, if I do this and it doesn't work out. Exactly. We can do something, you know, and, and kind of recoup the, the missing revenue that we didn't get from this launch by not being on Instagram in some other way. Right, like yes, you. I do feel that little bit of fear, but I'm very much bolstered by this experimenter's mindset in going, well, even if I almost think experimentation makes it a win-win because you go, even if I lose, like as in the launch doesn't do as well, I will learn a huge thing going forward, which is, oh, now I don't have to question whether social media has an impact on my bottom line. I will know, Yeah. which then makes me go, I can make an informed decision about how active I want to be there. Instead of just making an assumption and, go, and going and continuing to, to do a thing forever, exactly. because like we talked about last week's episode, you put these self-imposed rules on yourself and then you never right. stop. So doing that's them. how I want you to think about running experiments is it's a win-win. Like yeah. even when you lose, you win. Yeah, absolutely. Even when it doesn't work out, you win because you now have important data that will help you make decisions into the future. And running an experiment that doesn't work out is 10 times more valuable than thinking about something in your head and never acting on yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And even though it's a little bit more painful to think on something, act on it and for it to fail of as course. opposed to avoiding that completely right. by not doing anything. Do you want to stay in the same place? And I'm not saying that for you to feel a certain way or feel bad about yourself. It's just how long do you want to stay in this place of not doing things and learning from them as opposed to like finally starting to do them and then going like, oh, it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. You know, like it did suck. And, it, you know, I really like wish I would have gotten more sales or what have you. But also like it's not as bad as I thought. Mm -hmm. Like it's not fun, but it's not as bad as I thought. Yeah. So let's get to our second mindset, which is our good friend. Good one friend. of our best friends in the entire world. Yep. And her name is Enough. That's right. Yeah. Again, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while now, and it's really the basis of the entire podcast, you know that this is one of the most core tenets of our philosophy at Wandering Aimfully, which is to aim for not just more 
and and trying to grow for growth's sake but for determining what enough looks like for you because you will never find contentment. You will never find satisfaction if you don't define that boundary for yourself of what the container of enough looks like. Because yeah. you won't you won't be able to recognize when it's full if you don't know what the container looks like. I mean, I, I can definitely speak to having an idea of wanting to build a million-dollar business for no reason whatsoever than just the idea of building a million dollar business mm -hmm. because it seemed cool because other people that I see are doing it and a million dollars seems like an amount of money I would love to have. Yeah, and and I think this is actually something that discourages a lot of people. It's something that motivates a lot of people right out of the gate because money is a motivator. Like we like let's not ignore the fact that money makes your life better. It does. I'm not saying it's the end of happiness, but like, let's not ignore the fact that yeah. having more money would make your life more convenient or easier or give you more choices. And so it can be this motivator, right? Where you're like, Oh, I want to do this side hustle or I want to leave my nine to five or whatever it is. And so that is the thing that you gets you excited about starting the business. But what you quickly realize is that once that sheen kind of wears off, if you're trying to aspire to be a billionaire or be a millionaire or make six figures or whatever, and you're just getting started, that's going to be the quickest way to actually shut down your dream yeah. because you're going to go, I'm so far away from achieving that instead of asking yourself, well, how much money would be enough for this business to make? Yeah. And we, we talk about this, you know, fairly often in this podcast, but it's worth repeating is everyone has their own enough number. Our enough number is different from your enough number, is different from someone else's enough number, is different from another cinnamon roller's enough number. Mm -hmm. And it's so important for you to sit down and look at your financial situation and your family and your goals and to go, but what do we need? Not what does some other person out there say would be great for my life and for my family. No, what does my family need? Because there are some of you who are listening to this who you would, I know because we've had Waymers go through this process and, and find this out. You, you find your monthly minimum magic number and you realize, oh, I actually only need my business to make $1,500 a month. It's a side hustle. It's something I'm just working on in part time. I'm just selling stuff, you know, in creative market or whatever. And like, that's all I need to do. And there are some of you who, who go, yeah, my I'm the sole earner in my family. I have multiple kids. My husband, you know, got laid off from his job. I need to make $6,000 a month or whatever it is. But that's your number. You know those numbers. And then you can decide from there, okay, now what does it take to achieve those numbers? For me, not, you know, why am I not making $10,000 a month? Or why am I not having $100,000 launches? Which are all these arbitrary numbers that are just plucked out of thin air. Mm -hmm. Instead of knowing, like, my family needs X to, to just to meet all of our bills and our savings goals and et cetera. And that's something you can work to and you can feel so proud of when you hit it. Right. Jumping off of that point, what I love about embracing this enough mindset right out of the gate is it also encourages you to embrace your own individual journey versus living in comparison mode, yeah. right? So everything that you just described, that's about recognizing, oh, it, it's not an arbitrary number based on a race where I'm trying to race against my peers to see who can make more money. It's like, it's removing yourself from that race and going, oh, I'm running my own race by yeah. myself. And I get to decide what the finish line looks like. I get to decide what the checkpoints are. I get to decide the pace I want to go at, all of that. And so the earlier that you can embrace your own pace on this business journey, the happier you will be and the more motivated you'll be for the long term because the quickest way to discouragement, if that's sure. a word, is comparison mode and looking at the people next to you and going, well, they reach a financial milestone quicker than I did. And it's like, mm, well, do they have four children? Do well, they have the same constraints that you have? Do I, they have the same anything? That yeah, you have? I think the wild thing about that too, for, for many folks who have never established their monthly minimum magic number, who have never decided what's enough for them, is that you could have, let's say like just a product launch for an example. And you could do a two-week launch like we're doing right now and it could make $15,000. And you could look at your peers or the people who follow on Instagram or the people who are in your inbox or anybody else. And all of a sudden you see like, a, oh, my $80,000 launch, my $50,000 launch. And you're looking at these, you're like, I only did $15,000. But then you you like remove everybody else from your site. And you're like, I, I just made, made $15,000. Like, <clears throat> the reframing of that yeah. and the seeing the, the power of that for your family, for your life, for your business 
is so important. And, and honestly, there are so few people that I follow anymore. Like there's actually one that just popped up in my inbox that I completely need to unsubscribe to because it's the first time they've ever done this. But they're sharing launch numbers. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not interested in knowing what you make. Right. I'm interested in being on our enough journey, which we've talked about. If you want to hear more about that, you can listen to our year end review episode at the beginning of this year. That's what I'm interested in. I, I don't care at all about what anybody else is making because I know what we need for our goals and for our family. Yep. And that's good enough. Yeah. And so I think for anybody listening to this, if enough has not been something that you have thought about, it's so helpful in the amount of people that you actually need to be on your email list to sell the amount of products that you need. The amount of people that you actually need to listen to your podcast or subscribe to your YouTube channel or follow you on a social media platform if you need to use one of those any of these things, and then also looking at, okay, my enough number, like the, that's the upper limit of what I want to reach. That's great, and I hope I get there in three years. That would be awesome. And that's what it took for us to get there. Mm -hmm. It took three years. But in the beginning, I need to be able to pay my bills, so what's the like bare minimum number I need to get to? Okay, wow, that's so much more realistic. I can get to that in like three to six months' time, and I don't have to feel like this huge burden of these giant numbers that aren't realistic. Absolutely. Yeah, and you touched on something that's actually our third mindset tip here, uh, which is a pretty simple one, but it bears repeating. Have patience. Yeah, have people who have some wounds that you have to like do sutures, you have to do stitches. Have patience. Yeah. I get it. It took me a second. Did it get did everyone get it right away? Yeah. I, he okay, Jason and I just Oh, quick... I forgot to do it. I forgot to you want me to do the thing that I'm supposed to do now? So say your line again. Go ahead. Go ahead. What line? So say like you have to have patience. Go okay, ahead. okay. Yeah. You have to have patience. Yeah, everybody. You need to have people who have cuts that you have to like repair. Sam doing okay. the wink. Yeah, I see that. That's yeah. not a joke that lands on a podcast, babe. No, that was for you. I know. For you but to be like, we do sarcasm. have people listening. <laughs> we have people listening. But I was showing you the new I thing that we're supposed were, to do in our but, in our but lives. But do you see how just the words were exactly the same for yeah. both? <laughs> maybe I could maybe I could in post put a winking sound effect. Wink. Because you can hear a wink, you know? Yeah. Like it's like a flutter, like a quiet flutter. Really? I anyway, think of a wink sound as a like, like a, a spark. Ding. Like a ding. Yeah. Anyway. Let's get back to this actual no, no, third no, no, mindset. No, 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 oh no, no, no you no, wanna no because I want to tell everyone that we've talked about this. Oh yes. That one of your superpowers and like something that is very concerning to me as a quick <laughs> tangent is after literally twelve years yes. of spending almost every day of our lives 4, together. Four thousand fights. <laughs> still you will deliver something in a sarc I I It just it, happened. In sarcasm, yeah. and I cannot discern that it is sarcasm. <laughs> and I can't tell if that's me being too gullible or if it's you being too deadpan. And yeah. maybe it's both. So we've de we've devised a new thing that I'm supposed to try out, which yeah. is like throw a wink just in there. Just throw a wink. As I'm doing it. You so gotta that you throw can, in a wink. Yeah. And so that's what he was trying to But also to I'm never to. gonna do the wink because I, I love doing the deadpan sarcasm so much. It's so hard sometimes. Also, you and Jen, you're like my two favorite people. I can just always get. I know. We're yeah. very gullible. Yeah. This is a core part of our friendship. It really is. Uh, okay, so let's talk about actual patients. Yes. Not the people who not need... Not patients. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there, there is something very interesting, and, and we touched on this last episode, and we've touched on... The, I mean, all of these we, we tend to touch on very often because they are important. These mindsets are so important to help you build an online business, but patience is one that I just don't think enough people actually internalize and put into practice. Mm -hmm. I think people say it when they get started. They're like, okay, I'm starting a new online business or I'm pivoting my online business from, I'm going from you know working as a service provider and I have clients to I'm selling digital products. And they go, I am going to give myself a year to replace my income or change my income. But then a month into it, things aren't flying off mm -hmm. the shelves and it's not working well and then they give up. And, yeah. and this is the thing that's like, it's so easy for you to say, I'm going to have the patience and I'm going to wait this amount of time. But then when your experiments don't work, you don't come back to that voice that you had in the beginning that says you're going to wait more time. You you just quit and you yeah. give up. And, and listen, I understand I don't want to berate anybody for quitting because I do think quitting and knowing when things aren't right for you, that is absolutely something that you should do and not feel bad about. But there is also something, it, online business takes a while to work. Yeah. The reason I think, uh, just diving into this a little bit, that many people have a hard time subscribing to to the idea of patience is because when you're starting out, you, first of all, you're the most excited yeah, and you want, and you're probably working on it the most because you're the most excited and you want to see the fruits of that labor quickly, right? Not, 
not even quickly, just like you want to see the fruits of that labor. Absolutely. But the one thing that I would say is what can help you tap into patience is as much as possible focusing on the process, not the outcome. And I know that you hear this all the time, but I really want you to like internalize it this time is if you can find a way to enjoy the doing of the thing and not just the seeing the results from the thing, that's going to keep you sustainable for the long haul, which in which case you will eventually see the results. I think about it with kind of my own like fitness journey too. Once I finally decided I'm not trying to go for a goal. I'm not trying to see a certain number on a scale. I'm not trying to see a certain thing in my body. I'm not trying to be whatever. I am just, I'm interested in showing up regularly. So that's a focus on the process and not the outcome. And when I focused on the process and just enjoying it, doing workouts I liked, making my gym uh, when we had a stationary gym, making my gym a place I wanted to be, uh, integrating it into my self-care routine in a way that felt good, journaling afterwards, listening to music I liked. Like I started to really look forward to that time. And so then I just wanted to keep showing up because I really enjoyed it. And before I knew it, a year went by and – I did see changes and I did see results, but it wasn't that that was driving me. And I think about business in the same way. If you can tap into the feeling you want to have when you work on your business, uh, the community, we'll talk about that in a second, that you might want to have with someone, the excitement you feel when you're pursuing a new idea. If you can fall in love with those aspects and not just the money, the audience, the numbers, the likes, all of that, those will come but you will then be able to have the amount of time with the patients that you need in order to see those results come to fruition. Yeah, and I think an interesting kind of like uh, parallel to that, so like your fitness journey made me think about, like if you can think about every single part of your business that you're working on as a way to help someone else solve a problem Mm -hmm. and to like do something in their lives that improves it, it, it makes writing an email, writing an article, posting on social media, creating a video, recording a podcast, creating a workshop, it makes all these things a little bit easier when you go, oh, I'm not making this just because I hope it makes me money. Mm -hmm. I'm making it because I hope there's someone on the other end of this that this is a life-changing moment for them, like as this thing was for me, like Mm -hmm. as like, you know, learning how to use Notion was for me and now I'm like teaching people how to do that or what have you. And so I I think like for us, that thing is definitely our email newsletter. Like number one, when we send out an email every single week, the idea is that we hope there's something of value in this email that just drastically improves someone's life in some way. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that all of our emails are going to be bangers, as the kids are saying. (laughs) It's not to say that they're all going to be... Can you sit still? No. Yeah, please sit still, (laughs) uh, young Gen Zer, please. But that's not that's not to say that that's what they're going to be. It's just you're you're aiming for that. You're trying to think about there's someone on the other end of all these parts of your business, and instead of worrying about oh am I going to make all the money, it's can I actually help someone? Can I actually improve their life? Can I actually do something that resonates and that someone really enjoys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the thing is just give yourself more runway than you think that you need and try to fall in love with the process. And I think that is a good way to try to embody patience. Let's let's jump around actually to the fifth one instead because oh, I touched on something there which I think is important that maybe we don't talk about enough, which is you don't have to do this by yourself. And, and like trying to find a community of people or a friend, just yep. one friend or a partner or someone who can be a sounding board in this journey so that you can have some perspective. Yeah. There was an interesting thread that actually just happened in our Wandering Gameplay Slack community, which is a community that you can join right now as part of William Unlimited. But the, uh, someone asked about, like, how did you find your biz bestie? Mm-hmm. And I was reading, I loved reading through all these different answers. Of, and a lot of them were actually Twitter. Mm-hmm. So people would, like, get in these, like, Twitter chats or Twitter lists or mm-hmm. groups or whatever. And they would, like, pluck out the one person who's, like, oh. Had the same sense of humor. Yeah, you're my person. Like, yeah. And then it would, like, go to DM and then, like, whatever. Yeah. And, like, I, you know, I don't think Paul Jarvis and I were in any type of, like, Twitter chats. But I'm sure we, like, interacted in, like, certain threads. In the same threads. kind of. Circles. And then it came up, you know, I read his book and like all that. But I think some of the the part of online business that a lot of folks get wrong is that, and I'm not saying you get it wrong, like you should feel bad about that. I'm just saying like it's a mistake that so many of us make is you feel like you have to do it all on your own. Right. And, and part of that is because every business is unique. 
So it does feel like, well, someone's not going to know exactly what I'm doing with my way of doing branding, for yeah, example. I think a big part of it also, and this just depends on the person, but if you're the type of person who is more independent or is a little bit stubborn, maybe even introverted, yeah, all these personality aspects have have something to do with it. But I was thinking for myself, I very much had this like stubborn mindset of I want to do it myself because somehow that makes whatever I learn or whatever I accomplish more of more value somehow because I figured it out by myself. But I came to this place where a perfect example is like when we went to package up all of the art for the art sale that we did at the end of last year, the fart sale. I have waited so long to just reach out to another artist who sells their art online to ask them how they package things and how they, because I thought I was just supposed to like, know. Right. And I thought if I asked, it would make me look like an amateur when really you just realize every person who knows something had to first not know that thing. Yeah. Right. And it can save you a lot of like a lot of time, a lot of heartache, a lot of mistakes by just going to people and, you know, looking for generous people who are, who will tell you, this is how I package up my artwork. Yep. This is how I set up my e-commerce shop. This is how I do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, wow, if I would have just set my ego aside maybe for a yeah. second, I, I would have saved myself a lot of time. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that like, we, we've actually heard this with a bunch of people who join Wayman Limited is like, they'll say, I'm not the type of person who ever like wanted a coach. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to do it myself. And like, we're right there with you. Totally. And, and I think that part of what we try to really bring to this space too, is like, we're not, we're not trying to be your coaches. Like we don't need you to go on Instagram and say you hired coaches. Like that's exactly. not a thing. Like if anything, we want to fall into the background of your life. We just want to provide you with all the experiments that we've done in the past and all the results. And then hopefully have you skip a lot of the mistakes that we've made. Exactly. And you get to learn everything a lot quicker. And so I think that that, that in itself is a very interesting part of this whole discussion of not doing it all on your own, which is, well, let me find some of the fast tracks, right? Like, let me find, oh, okay, like, the Zooks know how to do launches. They know how to set up their email list. They know how to create content that like, gets organic traffic so they don't have to be on social media. They know how to strive for enough and not these huge launches. Like All these things resonate. I'm on board with this. And I think the other part of that is then once you find kind of that aspect, it's like, well, who also do you want to be surrounded with every day in your online business life? Right. And I think part of what we fall into, and I know this was for me forever, like for Twitter, I just always fell into the tech bro space. Yeah. And and I finally started realizing this was two years ago now. That can be a very it's homogenous, ego-driven, toxic Yeah, like I, I just, I didn't want to read any of this crap anymore. And yeah. I think that's part of just like evolving as a Real human. hot takes in that space. A lot of hot takes, a lot of like, here are my 27 ideas about something, thread. And it's just, <laughs> I, I got so tired of it. And I think what I'm trying, the point I'm trying to make is you might find yourself falling into a community, a group, a, a social media network that you actually realize it's not serving you. And you need to then go out and find a different community of like-minded people. And now there, this is where I think we're at this really interesting place in the online space is there are so many, especially of you listening to this podcast, that are just fed up with being on all these platforms. Mm-hmm. And so you're looking for the micro communities of like a WAME that has 900 people in a Slack channel, but only like 100 people are actually active at any given moment. That's like the perfect size community to not feel overwhelming, to be able to get someone who has some type of experience you're looking for if you have a question, and then you just move on about your day and it's not a constant deluge of information. Absolutely. Yep. So I think definitely embodying that embodying that community spirit and mindset from the get-go can help you get through when you run into roadblocks or you get discouraged and all of that. Oh, um, I was going to say I, yeah. I think the other thing just to add a like a Please. tactical thing if you can find someone, and I would say like reach out to your existing network and see who you might know that's like building their own business or is in like a similar journey to you and shares the same values of you, a weekly check-in call mm-hmm. with that person or just like a check-in on Slack or whatever, it goes such a long way to keep you both motivated because self-motivation yeah. when you're starting your own business is so difficult because you're making so many decisions yep. that to have somebody else that you can kind of like work with yeah. is very helpful. And when they're having a little spurt of inspiration, yeah. you feed off that and same with you to them because you just, you fluctuate, right? So, yep. So that, that is tip number four. So let's move on to the last one, which I think is a good one to end on. And this one's a little bit more of 
preparing for the inevitable stress that comes along with getting started and kind of it's, this is the more of the real talk, right? Like just understanding that you're going to run into roadblocks and challenges and things that honestly at the time will feel like the whole world is falling down and knowing that ahead of time can help you gain some perspective. Yeah. I remember having a long conversation with my buddy Greg about this conversation and, and he just brought up that he was like, I think the number one trait that gets overlooked in like a smart online business owner is seeing and being able to deal with stress. Absolutely. And and I I never really thought about it that much, but I'm very thankful that I'm able to deal with stress and you're very able to deal with stress. And then combined, we're able to deal with stress together. But I think for a lot of people, you don't think of this as something that you're going to have to deal with. You think, I'm going to start an online business. I've watched so many other people do this. I'm going to create a website. I'm going to create an email list. I'm going to create a social media strategy. I'm going to create all the content around all these things. And you it know is, what people are not making videos it's about? It's going to go so smoothly. It's going to go so smoothly. Yeah. People are not making videos about the time you send an email, a sales email to your list and you forget to link your website. Yeah. The time that you do a live stream and the tech falls apart on you and yeah. you feel like all eyes are on you. And, and you, you spent feel, like a month trying to lead up to this thing. Yeah. The time that you, you know, someone in your community has an issue and yeah. you have to facilitate some type of solution or when some angry person asks for a refund yep. or when you have a client business and they didn't get the thing on time or they have an emergency or you, they're it's just, just... It's just all... All of these these things. these things that you don't see coming. And and so kind of the point here is, and this is what I was saying to Caroline, we were writing notes, is I think if you're in online business right now, in every situation that you go into that might feel like you can, you already know that it, there's going to be some stress. And usually how you know that is you're nervous. And if you're feeling that, it's to like armor up with my like anti-stress armor. And so you kind of like put this on and you go, something stressful will happen. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to completely avoid the stress. That's not possible. And we all deal with stress differently. You deal with it very differently than I do. But in some certain circumstances, I deal with it differently than you do. Mm -hmm. And like I'm more stressed out. Mm -hmm. And I think the point is, is to just try and have that perspective going into it of this will probably be stressful. Let me get ready for that. Mm -hmm. And then you might be pleasantly surprised when the tech doesn't work out and you're like, listen, I knew this was going to happen. And everybody here was prepared too because I just kind of like let them in and know. And I think this is another important point to make that a lot of people don't do is you can show people a little vulnerability, not as a tactic, as a relatable moment that you're nervous, that you are stressed out a little bit, that this is challenging for you to put yourself out there. And guess what's going to happen? People are going to laugh and point at you on a playground like you are when you're a nine-year-old on the on you know playing dodgeball. That's not going to happen. What happens is people go, "Hey, I've been there too. Hey, I felt the same way. Hey, it's no big deal. Hey, if the tech is going nuts, just like try this again later. Like we'll all be here for you." Yeah, it's funny that you pointed or that you said that about being nine years old and like everyone's pointing at you because that's how it feels. Yeah. Like I wrote down here. It's like all eyes are on you, but you have to remember that everyone's in their own world. So this yeah. is something I learned very early on is when you're doing a live stream or when you're sending out an email or every move you make in your business, because of the nature of being a human being, it feels like you're under this spotlight where people are just waiting to see you screw up, yeah. right? And you will screw up and then it feels like you're in that spotlight and it feels so uncomfortable. But what you have to remember is take a step back and go, oh my gosh, this is the most important thing that happened to me today. This is the least important thing that happened to someone else today. Absolutely. Because they're in their own world. It's You really do have to almost like take yourself out of it for a second and see it from someone else's perspective to go, I am not that important to this person. <laughs> like I am not, you know? Yeah. And I think for me, it's also about learning what to look for, like what signals when your body is telling you that you are stressed and going ding, 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 like zoom out. So you and I, something that happens often to us is right before we do our live coaching sessions, depending on how prepared we are with our presentation, which we've been varying degrees of we're done way ahead of time. And so we're twiddling our thumbs to we literally finished the last slide 15 (laughs) minutes ago. And we've been doing this forever. (laughs) And yet we, yeah. So there's varying degrees of that. But sometimes when the tech isn't working or when we're in a new setup or we're in a Lisbon co-working space or something, you know, we can very easily get to this tense place where things are not going right and it feels that stress is starting to, and so you can see it in the way we're breathing. You can see it in the way we're talking to each other. You can see it in the lack of, 
like you can just see it right yeah. in your body. And we've come to now know when that's happening and go, Oh, it's happening. Yeah. Take a step back. Yeah. Take a deep breath, gather yourself and realize it is not that serious. Yeah. And, and really I just give myself that pep talk every once in a while. And it really helps because it's just like, takes your cortisol levels down. Yeah. And, and it's okay that we get worked up like that because when our heart is in something, I yeah, think that's care. a really natural thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, recognizing that that's something that's going to happen and being prepared for it, I think is pretty crucial for resilience. Well, we hope these five mindset tips have been helpful. Just as a reminder, they were experimentation, enough, patience, something about you don't have to figure it all out on your own. There's, I don't know if there's one word that kind of encapsulates that. And then just preparing for stress. And, and these really are kind of the core things that when we're thinking about whether you're starting a brand new business, whether you're working on one for years, these things, if you can keep coming back to them, are just so helpful in keeping you kind of like aligned in the right direction and not getting off course and, and all these tangents and getting distracted and getting in your own head about a lot of these decisions that every online business owner has to make at all times. And just being a little bit more discerning with the fact that this is a business. This isn't my entire life wrapped up in how everything should feel. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, you're right. You can tap into these at any point on your business journey, but I think especially when you're getting started, these are the things to start with and to try to, whether you need to write them down or keep, make up little mantras get for a each tattoo. one. Love to see a tattoo. Please don't do that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely get one, you know, like that would be my. Again, please do not get a tattoo of anything we say on this podcast. Thank Especially you very much. Especially if you're a cinnamon roller and you want to put it next to okay, a cinnamon roller tattoo. Okay, if you wanted to have a cinnamon yeah. roller tattoo, I would not be mad at that. Should I get a cinnamon roll tattoo? Somebody should get a cinnamon roll tattoo. Should I get a cinnamon roll tattoo? If you still want to get a cinnamon roll tattoo in three years from now, you may get it. I know I'll still want to eat cinnamon rolls <laughs> three years from now. Yeah, but will you want it permanently on your body? I, I really do just sometimes I want a sleeve of tattoos. I know you do. But then I know like two weeks later, I'm not going to want that sleeve You're of tattoos. You're going to wait for the e-ink. I told you. I do have to wait for the e-ink. I'm going to be 70 and then I'm going to finally get tattoos. I'm going to be the only 70-year-old getting a sleeve tattoo. Yeah, but it'll be e-ink, so then it'll just get erased whenever you Thanks for it. really pronouncing the e on that. Well, now I'm realizing I think it's going to be called ink. ink. So it's going to be like no, e it's just be called, No, it's just going to be called ink. Because that's what it is at that time. Like, there's not going to be, like, non-e-ink anymore. It's just going to be right. ink is e-ink. Right. You know? It's like, do people say e-books still? I think <laughs> they do. Probably. But I think everybody knows, like, but there are physical books. That's, like, a bad example. What about you know? e-bike? What's that? Do people say e-bike? <laughs> uh, I am sure there are. <laughs> what are stupid e-things? I'm just trying to think of them. Email, you know? Oh, people still use that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird one. All right, let's wrap this sucker up. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed hearing our Ireland travels. We don't have any movies for you, unfortunately. Well, we're not doing movies because we're doing so much pranvelling. Right. You know, that's like the, that's movies, the movies replace the, the pranvelling. So we hope you've enjoyed all of those travel stories. I know many of you have been sending us kind messages. We very much appreciate those saying it. you enjoy the, the stories. Hope you're enjoying the videos to be able to like put some of these stories into visuals, like especially the St. Patty's Day Parade. I can't wait for you all Please, to, to be able to enjoy that. the BMB and all their glory. It's our new favorite band. Uh, so that's it.